This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. I get to talking. I'm sorry, Greg, but when I get to talking to Frank, well, I can't quit. Give me a chance to introduce him. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the. Uh, it's Monday. Yes, it is. It's Monday. And I want to remind everybody, this is an important week to remember. Uh, Wednesday, September 2nd, is the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II. Wow. That's when the armistice was signed with Japan officially ending it. And uh, as our observance of this week, uh, I do hope people remember on Wednesday, that as our observance, I've invited a very special guest, friend of mine has been a source for a lot of what I've written about over the over the years uh, a veteran 95 years old from somewhere around Rutherford County this is Mr. Frank Hayes and Frank why don't you start by I, I know you're a native but give us a little background on how you got started in Rutherford County well of course I was, I was born in Versailles I always tell the story that uh, Mama found me up there on the side of one of them hills and brought me in and nursed me to good health and raised me. That may be true. And uh, in addition to all the other kids that she had, she wound up having five all together. Now, where were you in Four the boys and a girl. Huh? You the young one, the old one? Or? I was the middle child. Middle child. I was the middle child, and I'm the only one left now. Uh-huh. And what kind of environment were you in? The farm there? We farmed and uh, milked a lot of dairy cows. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sold milk to, to make a living, in other words. Daddy said uh, back when I was just a young boy, he says you can take 10 cows back in those days and you can feed your family and put clothes on your back and a roof over your head. With ten head well, of cattle. With ten head today, you'd go broke in a week, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, you, you couldn't do it because uh, you know you can't. Uh, there's no place to sell milk now. Yeah. Here. Well, besides working the dairy, what'd you do as a child? Well, uh, of course, we went to school. When I became uh, six years old, well, I started the school, and and uh, we lived off of the road. Ever the road was gravel back in those days, and uh, we lived back off of the road on my grandfather's farm that he had. He had uh, an extra farm over there that he had bought uh, quite some time before, and uh, 
because my brother, first brother was born at, uh, at uh, Concord. Uh, my second brother was born uh, older than me, was born at uh, Versailles. And, uh, and I was born at Versailles. And my younger brother was born at Versailles. We was all born at home. We yeah. didn't go to the doctor. The doctor come to us. Did he and, uh, probably came on a horse or a yeah, wagon. Well, he had a horse and buggy. <coughs> horse and buggy is what he come in. All right. You were born in 1925. 1925. Right. That's right. And where did you go to school? Rockvale. 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 Started there and I finished there. So, well, we'll talk about your finish. Yeah. I understand there's a question yeah. around that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, and as a, as a young buck teenager, what kind of things did you do for entertainment? Well, we went to swimming holes. We had, uh, there was uh, three, two or three different places that we could go to uh, a creek that had uh, holes big enough to swim in. Um, they didn't want us on it, on that property. A lot of them didn't. But we would sneak in the back way and get into the swimming holes anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's, so, there's some caves down that way. Did you crawl around in caves? Yeah, well, I've been into to the old snail shell cave, but I didn't never explore it. Uh -huh. Never did. Uh -huh. I've been down into the, to the mouth of it, but I've never been inside of it. What kind of steel? Now, there was a blue sink over there yeah. that was on that Walter Leathers' property. Yeah. And uh, you had to walk through the woods to get to it. Now, I swam in that, that blue sink, yeah. Uh -huh. And were, it was a good place to go swimming. Well, they say it's connected to the snail shell system, too. Yeah, and uh, the head of the creek. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is the uh, base or the head for the head of the creek. Okay. That's what they always said it was, yeah. All right. What kind of a student were you? Well, I was mediocre, I guess. I wasn't, I wasn't on the basketball team because I, I was a, a scrub player, you might say. So, uh, but I love basketball. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I follow the Braves now all the time. Good for you. Yeah, they own this this radio station. See, Good. they're on TV too. Yeah, I see them on TV. I watched them last night. Yeah, well, what, yeah. They they won big last night. Won big last night. Big, but what they by score? What they was uh, ten to nothing in the second ending. Yeah, and uh, when it wound up, there was uh, thirteen to uh, thirteen to ten, wasn't it? That's a big game. Huh? Yeah, 13 to 10, I believe. Well, I turned it off so I could go to yeah. bed. <laughs> no, I didn't go to bed. For, oh, when the Braves are playing, I'm up. Yeah. My wife's up. Yeah. She's in the bed, but she's up. <laughs> I had to get up at 4 o'clock. So we got a go TV in the bedroom, and, yeah. uh, and we, I'm sitting in there watching the TV with her. Oh. Uh, so, so you, Greg, Greg got up and watched the corn moon last night. Did you I, know there was a corn moon? No. Oh, yeah. No, it's, no. it's big time. It's big time. Yeah. Last full moon in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a, a little text, but uh, 
I think Greg was gotten up by his sweet wife, and they went out there and observed the full moon, oh, the corn moon. The corn moon. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm 95, and I never heard it called the corn moon. I learned a lot since since yeah. Greg's moved back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I moved back 30-odd years ago. He's just <laughs> yeah. now catching up. What were you doing uh, on yeah. December 7th? Well, 1941. Good. Where was I in 1941? Yeah, you were still in school. Well, right? I was still in school, yeah. I went in service in 44. You turned uh, eight? Four, uh, 43, rather, November of 43. You were 18? Yeah. See, I was 18 in 43, yeah. Did the draft pull you in, or did you volunteer? The draft was going to draft me, and Daddy talked to me and uh, getting a deferment. Because I lived on, we lived on a 280-acre farm, and we had a big crop, and was milking 25 or 30 head of cattle at the time. So uh, that was our main income was all over the cows. So there and, was a agriculture on the yeah, farm. Yeah, and exemption. he he ran a uh, milk route, milk truck route too, on the side. So uh, to supplement his income. Were they Herefords? Huh? Oh, oh, no, we were Jerseys. We loved uh, the Jerseys, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so he had a good argument that you were essential on the farm. Yeah. Well, we had a big crop. We had, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 acres of cotton, I think, that year. And uh, let's see, there was a 20-acre field of corn in the back and then further back from that it was a wheat field that he always had in wheat and uh, well some of your brothers were still at home too weren't they no just me and my younger brother uh -huh. and he was uh, just a teenager so uh, he wasn't old enough to be counted as a hand yeah. at the time so uh, well, so you were eligible. So for I was, I was eligible for the exemption. deferment. Yeah, but what happened? Well, me and uh, we we rode the milk truck to town. Me and uh, uh, Dick Brandon. Uh, his name is Ray, but we always called him Dick Brandon through school and all that. So he was one of twins of the Brandons. Now uh, Brandons had a whole lot of. Uh, boys in uh, service more than my family did. My family had uh, three of us in uh, World War II, that, uh, two in the Navy and me in the Army. And then when my old, younger brother got old enough, uh, he joined the uh, Guard, National Guard here in Muffishburg. Well, now and, back up a little bit. How you, last you said you had the deferment. How'd yeah, well, up, how'd you end up when, going in? That's what I was talking about. Uh, me and Dick Brandon rode the truck to, to town and went to the movie. Well, while, uh, and it was a war movie of, uh, uh, I guess, of, oh, uh, what, is, what is the man's name that uh, shot all the turkeys? Alvin York. 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 Yeah, it was that York movie. Yeah, I remember. That was a great and movie. that that put us in the mood of volunteering. Oh. So we went over and uh, we talked to the uh, 
both of us had deferment. Uh, we went over to the uh, office and talked to them about uh, going into service, volunteering. And they looked our record up and they said, well, you both got deferment. Uh, why you want to do this? I said, well, we want to go on. We want to go yeah. in. So uh, they took us and put us in, and we, uh, I told them we, uh, both of us had enough time between the time we were volunteering until we actually went into actual service. Because mm -hmm. this was in November. November 43. 43. 43. 43. Let me back you up a little. You're, you're down there to volunteering. Had you gotten out of high school by then? I was out of high school uh, because I had to be out of high school. I was still a, I was a, be a senior that year. But you were I out. would have been a senior, but I couldn't go because I had a deferment. Okay. So I couldn't go to school. You had a school deferment. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that that's just one of the things that was required. Right. Uh, because if you were deferred for farming, you couldn't go to school. Well, that's interesting. See? I see. Couldn't do it. You had to work to farm. So you had to drop out of school. Okay, so you so, hadn't graduated at that time. No, no. All right. No, no. Didn't graduate, uh, so I went in service in, uh, actually I went into basic, to take basic training in December. Yeah, where'd you go? Uh, they put me on a bus here and sent me to Nashville, and then from Nashville over to the uh, railroad depot, got on a train and went south to Mississippi. And they were building a uh, base in Mississippi. I remember it well. That's where you did your base? Yeah, and uh, no, that's... that's the first base I went to, yeah. and they were building that, and uh, we were on roll call one morning, and they asked everybody that could drive a vehicle to take one step forward. So, oh boy, these, these guys uh, stepped right out there. I didn't. I stayed put. <laughs> you were smart. And uh, they, they, uh, step forward and they says uh, all those that step forward take us take a left and uh, grab a wheelbar <laughs> so they all had to drive wheelbars them truck drivers and uh -huh. bus drivers or what'd car they, drivers what they do with the rest of you well uh, I volunteered for KP I love to be in the cook my mama had taught me to cook before I ever went into service I used to be her handyman for the cook the extra so uh, I went into KP still at, before your basic I, I pulled KP while they were driving a wheelchair wheel wheelbar okay so far so sound I still smart. hadn't been issued any clothing they didn't have clothes for us I was still in civilian uniform, civilian suit that I went into service in. One day they loaded us all up on a train and shipped us all to uh, 
I mean, it was a train load. There wasn't no seats in there for everybody. I sat in a sink. Sink? A sink. Bath sink. Got it. To have a seat to where I could sit down going to uh, Camp Wheeler, Georgia. Camp Wheeler, Georgia is where I got my basic training, and they issued us uniforms there. Name for General Joe Camp Wheeler, Wheeler Georgia. Name for Joe Wheeler? Or? I guess. I don't yeah. know who his name is. Yeah, Confederate, you know, Confederate General. Yeah, or, might have been. But, uh, <clears throat> but that's where I stayed then for, for my basic training, and uh, we got a deferment uh, 90 days delay in route. Uh, after that, come home and stayed here for 30 days. Caught a train to Chattanooga. I was assigned to go to uh, Camp Ford, uh, George G. Meade, Maryland. George G. Meade, Maryland. Meade, got it. Yeah, I, yeah. That's General Meade. So that's, that's, uh, that was the fastest taxi ride I ever rode in was from the railroad station to the gate of the base. Taxi cab. I mean, he was a wild man driving. Okay. Interesting the things we were And I tell you, he was, he was in a hurry to get there. All right. And we were running a day late anyway. All right. So, so I got there and the MP stopped me and checked my uh, uh, ID and uh, the, uh, I see a boy from Walter Hill was with me and he said you boys are late one day late you're supposed to have been here yesterday where were you I said we was on the train didn't you remember when that uh, big rain was between Chattanooga and, and uh, Fort George G. Meade don't you remember that he said no I don't have no right record of that I said, that's what stopped the train. Quick he, thinking. Yeah, he believed it, and uh, we went on in. Well, we'll believe it, yeah. too. <laughs> All right. Train is running late. Yeah. You know, train yeah. is a day late. All right, you did your basic at me? So, no. No, not So, yet. stayed there, I guess, uh, 30 days, maybe, if that many. And uh, went then from there to... Uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. Never Got to Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, that was uh, a shipping out point. And uh, the orders were, don't you write home and tell your folks, folks in the mail that you had Boston baked beans for breakfast. Says if you do, we'll black it out. Yeah, That's the indication where you where were, say, yeah, trying yeah. to tell you people where you were. Yeah. Because you wasn't allowed to. Uh, well, to, but now, had you been trained in a specialty? Did you know what you were going to do? No, no. Didn't have any idea what I, what my All specialty right. was. I knew that I was a uh, gunner for a machine gun. Okay. Okay. That was my MOS, was a machine gunner in basic training. Yeah. And I had trained on the mortar. I'd trained on the uh, bazooka mm -hmm. and the rifle and the machine gun. Well, you knew you were going to and combat. So uh, I knew I was going, you know, be in something. I didn't know what. 
as you were going to be so in combat. They don't. Uh, when we got on board the ship to ship out uh, to uh, wherever we were going, we didn't know at that time. Is that my phone? Right? It is your phone. Frank has a phone call. He decided okay. not to take it. Oh, it's somebody trying to sell something. Okay. Yeah. My fault. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Somebody was trying to ring, sell right. me something on my phone. Well, you got, you're on a but, boat headed for it, somewhere. But we was on the boat for, I don't know, several days, uh, 14 days, I pulled KP. Smart. I love to pull KP on board ship. I eat three meals a day. The other suckers is, if they got one meal a day, they was they was lucky. And I I was working in the officers' mess. So oh, I ate three, oh, there you oh, go. Oh, I there ate three meals go. a day. Yeah, good food. Yeah, and I worked in the galley with a Chinaman. All I done was uh, made salads. Let me excuse me again. That phone's ringing. All right. Goodbye. Oh, took care of that one. That well, I do it. See, I don't recognize the phone number. Yeah. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah. Especially it's not in the area code. Uh, it, it ain't my. Well, they use their area code now a lot and use names. See, if you call my house on my phone, your name will come up on the, my yeah. TV. I've yeah. noticed you always when know you, it's me. When he called me was putting me on here while I told him, I said, yeah, I know who you are. You, your name come up on my TV. Right. Your name and telephone number. Okay. You're, you're in the officer's <laughs> mess on now, board ship. Back to the ship. I pulled KP for 14 days. And, uh, you know. When you got wherever you uh, were going, you were well fed. Yeah. You want to uh, answer it. So, uh, for 14 days, I, I pulled KP with this Chinaman, and uh, I got to eat three meals a day. There was a boy down in the hole where we were bivouacked in in the ship, and every time he got out of the out of his bunk, why well, he got sick, seasick, seasick. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't stand it at all. So I had to carry him food, mm. and most of it was cheese. Oh my. So I'd carry him cheese because we had plenty of cheese in the, in the galley. So he could he could eat that, and I kept him alive for those 14 days by feeding him cheese. And uh, when I got off of the ship in England, I had nearly a half a hoop of cheese in my duffel bag <laughs> still left where I was feeding him. Well, what'd you do in England? But, but uh, when we got to England, then we... Uh, We'll put on a base and quarantine to the base. Couldn't leave. And we took uh, some more training, combat, hand-to-hand -hand combat training. And I pulled KP there every chance I got. You just kept volunteering. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. If I'd had it to go over again, I'd have been a cook. <laughs> Uh, in basic training, I pulled KP 
when they were taking hikes uh -huh. for the long hikes, uh -huh. I was pulling KP and serving them coffee and donuts when they got back. <laughs> you were a popular fella. Oh yeah, hand-to-hand -hand yeah. combat. Yeah, they. Yeah, we trained hand-to-hand -hand combat there and getting ready for the invasion. That's what it was. Right. We wasn't attached to <coughs> any unit. We were all replacement soldiers. Uh, a boy, uh, that's the first time I had ever slept. Now, I was raised poor, of course, but that's the first time I'd ever slept on a, a mattress that was filled with straw. Wow. Did you ever sleep on a mattress filled with straw yes well you know how rough it is oh yeah they even Sticks. pointed they're pointed at the toe mm. yeah yeah they're pointed at the toe the mattresses the mattresses so your feet hang so off. you you know so you got to stay within that mattress mm. but uh, that's what england had right, did, you, did you did you get into belfast uh i Oh, in, in England you're talking about? Well, I don't know. I don't know the town that I was. Let's see where uh, this this is. A, this is probably where I landed right in there somewhere. All right. Yeah, right. somewhere Bristol, right in there. Bristol Channel. Okay. Huh. All right. So yeah. you took your hand-to-hand -hand combat training in uh, in England. Yeah. And where'd they send you after that? Well, uh, after that, while we were marshaled and getting ready to for the invasion. We didn't know what, but we were, that was what we were prepping for. And um, we still were not attached to anybody. We were still replacement soldiers. So when the invasion come, well, it was on the 6th of June, okay? So the invasion come and uh, we were still in England. Mm -hmm. I was still in England. You're talking about Normandy. So, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I was still in England uh, when the invasion happened, and uh, I went to be, uh, I was seven days later on on ship going over. So I landed in France seven days later After the on invasion. the 13th, I believe it was. Okay, Where did you land? I landed at... Uh, uh, where the invasion was, Utah Beach. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That the uh, <laughs> Hay the Pew was uh, probably the first town where we were bivouacked at. We hadn't even been placed, uh, given a uh, uh, an assignment to any unit at that time. Mm -hmm. So uh, about uh, two days later. They assigned us to the, the uh, 8th Infantry Division. But at some point along the way, you get into being the signal, uh, the uh, radio man, didn't you? Oh, no. The, the radio man was well on down at Rene, France, mm. where I took training on the radio. Mm. Yeah, Rene. 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 Where, where? Right there. I got you. Yeah. Like on Reams. the map, I'm looking at the map and showing yeah, it. To it looks like Reams on the map. Yeah, Reams, uh, Renes, R-E-N-N-E-S. Okay. We called it Rene. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's how we pronounced it. But anyhow, 
Uh, we were assigned to the uh, combat unit, uh, 28th Infantry Regiment, the 8th Division, and uh, it was attached to the 1st Army. Mm -hmm. So it was a part of the 1st Army, and we were sitting around the 1st uh, Sergeant's fire. He had a small fire going outside of his tent, and our tents were lined up down further from him under a over a hole we, we was dug in yeah two-man hole okay two men to the to the hole so uh he's telling us what to expect so we are all uh fresh men but we remember our training and we know what incoming artillery is. We can tell by the sound. And all at once, he, we all sitting there around him and listening to him tell us what to expect. And the sound of the shells starts coming over and we holler, that's incoming. And we dived into his tent hole. Two-man hole. Into, in, into his hole. Yeah. And we was all four of us was in there before he got there. <laughs> and he was on top of us. He jumped when in. He, yeah, when he got in there, he was on top of us. And holes was knocked in his tent hole, in his uh, pup tent, mm. over above us. Mm. And uh, he says, you boys don't need no training. Mm. Says, you're well educated in, in the ways to expect you know, knowing incoming, whenever it's coming in, you'll get me killed. So you just go to your own hole. So we went to our own tent. Well, they they didn't have any mortars. And they found an old uh, bazooka. And there was four of us boys. And all of us, last name began with H. Hayes, Hawes, Hempton, and Hellbacker. We didn't know first names. We answered the roll call just like that. Hayes, Halls, Hempton, and Hellbacker. They didn't call the first name. And I never knew learned them. But anyhow, uh, they voted me because I had training on the mortar and on the bazooka to be the gunner. Okay. So I wound up as the gunner on a bazooka. They were the ammunition bearers. But before we left camp, they found a 60-millimeter um, mortar that had been lost on the uh, battleground during the invasion. And they gave it, they swapped that, swapped that out. And then I became a, a gunner on a 60-millimeter mortar. All right. So I carried that 60-millimeter mortar the rest of my life in service. And they carried the ammunition. Were there three of them? Three of them. How'd they spread out the ammunition? They had, uh, you had three litters in the front and three litters in the back. It was a band, bandolier type thing that fit over your shoulder and over your pack. Because all of us had a backpack on. We did not carry our uh, tent. 
We carried our blankets, but we didn't carry our tent half. They were all in the. We had a, the only thing we had when we were land, when we were assigned to the first first army infantry uh, was a deuce and a half and a jeep. And those two drivers are the only ones that rode. Mm -hmm. Nobody else rode with them, and they carried our equipment in the deuce and a half. All right, let's stop right there and take a little break, and then we want to hear about when you finally got under fire. Okay. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer, host of the Truman Show live broadcast. You have such great people working here. Would you want to do anything else? No, sir. I love coming to work every day. I love this. Open Monday through Saturday at 6.30 for breakfast and lunch, Thursdays and Fridays for dinner. We listen to the gossip that's going on at every other table. We're able to keep up with all the things that go on in Murfreesboro. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer. Why join a credit union? Credit unions offer the same services as banks, but are not for profit. Credit unions are owned by their members, not Wall Street investors. Credit unions are among the highest rated services ever evaluated by Consumer Reports. Need another reason to join a credit union? If you join Heritage South Community Credit Union now through June 30th, you could win $2,500. Sounds like a good reason to me. Learn more at HeritageSouth.org. Insured by NCUA. All right, guys, I've been going to Low T Center for quite some time. You know, prioritizing your health now is more important than ever. Not only to build your immune system, but to address any chronic health issues you may have. I recommend Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness and follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, noticed weight gain, loss of muscle mass, they could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. Now they even offer monitored self-injected home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. At Low T Center, most insurance is accepted. Book your annual wellness exam or annual physical today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The sidewalk around the old Henry's florist will be the scene for lights, camera, action this Wednesday. Camera crews were here in June to get scenes for a music video. Wednesday's permit allows crews to block the inside lane of East Main through the right turn lane out of the square and then along North Church until about where Puckett's Restaurant is located. Parking spaces in that area will also be blocked. And don't be shocked to see a heavy snowfall. Reliable sources say the snow is water-soluble and will be completely washed away after the video session. Police in Smyrna answered a personal injury call Friday night on the new Nashville Highway. That's where officials say a Cadillac SUV rolled and came to rest in the grassy median near Big Charlie's Bait Shop on South Lowry Street. Witnesses say the roads were wet and slippery after a day of storms that were the remnants of Hurricane Laura had swept through the area. No word on who was hurt or how badly. 
Rutherford County Mayor Bill Ketron has extended the face covering order through September 30th. The original mandate would have expired at 11.59 Saturday night, but the mayor's office issued the news of the extension before it expired. Ketron says he appreciates the community's patience as the county tries to make decisions aimed at keeping citizens and visitors safe and healthy. The Rutherford Arts Alliance will hold its monthly meeting at 4 o'clock Tuesday afternoon, September 8th, online on Zoom. MTSU Center for Chinese Music and Culture Director Dr. Mei Han will share some of the center's instruments. Han will also play a zheng, which is a long Chinese zither. Han will also tell about history of the local center, plus how they work with area musicians in schools in the community. The Zoom meeting will include a segment for an alliance update and sharing of local arts and culture news. More details at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. People bring a lot of their family heirlooms to bell jewelers, things that they inherited, and they don't know if the pieces have any value, if they're costume, if there's a little bit of value or something very valuable. So Bell Jewelers has the gemologist on staff that can help let you know what needs to be appraised. I'm Greg Tidwell at Bell Jewelers. The oldest retail store in Rutherford County. Northwest Broad, across the street from Toots. Bell Jewelers. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the southwest around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 75. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back. Greg Tucker and Frank Hayes show. And <laughs> open up, Greg. Frank, you were just telling us you'd been uh, fitted out with a mortar and a backpack, and you had three buddies yeah. carrying ammunition, yeah. and uh, you were apparently walking at that point. Well, yes. Uh, can can I, I tell you something? For uh, there's a message just came on and said this is a five star show, and that's from Michael Parker. <laughs> so that, that's big time. All right. Okay. It's uh, so at Le Hay de Pew. That's where I've joined the uh, Eighth Infantry Division. Right, that's French. Uh, there, there were there was a place out there that was that's not on the map here. That's 
uh, I called it St. Malo is what I heard it was. And they, they took that place two or three times and we were sitting on the side of a hill watching the battle. Mm -hmm. <coughs> the we were watching the battle because we were expected to go in at any time, say. And uh, they put, uh, what they done was they'd put out smoke signals for the, for the aircraft to bomb the Germans. They'd throw the, you know, had the smoke signal shells over there for the German. The wind changed. Mm -hmm. And it blowed it back over the Americans and they bombed the Americans. Mm. Oh, no. So we lost St. Malo again. So they took it three times, they told me. Before they ever find that, got it, finally got it uh, secure. All right. But we, okay, we start out then, and we start in south from La Haye de Pew, and we're hiking all the way because we don't have transportation. Third Army's got all the, the vehicles. All right, but you got, your, he, you got your weapon. Patton, Patton's got everything. All right. Okay. Yeah, he's got everything he needs. And so he, he used them well. So he, he used them. And... Uh, I seen him one time, hmm. but that's we on down the down the uh, on the map. Uh, we're looking at a map, by the way. The people out there that are listening to us, we're talking, and we're following a map. So uh, I'm I'm uh, going down in let's say, and uh, that's another battle. And we taking we are taking uh, prisoners all this time taking prisoners in small skirmishes and battles. And there's a lot of uh, traps set. Uh, if you see a newspaper land on the road, we were told not to pick it up because it was probably attached to a, <coughs> to a booby trap because there was plenty of them everywhere you went in a path somewhere while there was a booby trap. So we had to be... Uh, Uh, conscious of them all the time, but uh, we battled all the way to Rene, France. That's where we walked. I walked every step of the way and carried a 60 millimeter mortar. And up to this point, you've not fired the mortar yet. Oh, we've we fired it in those spots. Yeah. Oh, okay. We we would set up and fight. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. We'd have small uh, small skirmishes. Uh, I had a uh, sergeant once that uh, told me to set my gun up in a certain place. And I says, I'll set it up over there, sir, but you'll run, you'll be the one that fires it. I'm not going to fire it. Why are you not going to fire it? I says, look over your head from where that place is. Oh, them tree limbs you're talking about. And I say, yeah, fire mortar under a tree. Uh-uh, not me. <laughs> All right. So uh, we, I don't know where we were, but uh, Avarant, probably somewhere in that area, uh, we, that's where we were set up, and uh, right. we were firing the mortar. and uh, You'd set up, you'd, yeah, you'd fire were, the mortar. There was one other team. I never did see this other team that had a mortar other than me. 
Oh, but they said there was another one. After you had fired, were you moving forward? No, we, we were set, period. Okay. See, when you set a mortar up, you set it. Right. And it's, it's in place. And you fire from there until you're told to move. Okay. Okay. So uh, we fired there at that particular point, and uh, one mortar shell went down the chimney of a house that Germans were in. That ended the battle, more or less, because that was a big uh, place that where they were firing from, undercover. So, the rifleman. Uh, I had uh, met one rifleman that was uh, attached to our outfit, and that was later on at Brest, France, and we'll talk, cover that later. But anyhow. How did you set up where the target is? How do you, how how did you adjust it for well, for that particular well, distance? It, okay, you, you, uh, if you know what a mortar is, yes, yeah, it's a tube, yeah, and it's got three legs. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. got a base plate and two legs, right? And it's got a, a a screw mechanism that moves the mortar right and left, uh huh, and up and down. For the distance. For the distance. Yeah. So you're told by the officer how to set it mm -hmm. whether and, and to run, run it backwards and forwards. Who and, sends you the distance? How far you shoot? Well, we got an observer. Mm -hmm. You have one observer out there that's talking to him. Yeah. Talking to the commander. Mm -hmm. uh, that's within talking distance to me. Right. And... Uh, they are giving me the coordinates, mm -hmm. whether to move it right or left. Right. And I move it X number of turns right or left, mm -hmm. whatever he says. And because uh, you fire for effect right. when you first set up. Mm -hmm. You fire for effect and it's either up, over, or short, or over, or on the target. So the observer okay. is giving you so the that, observer is the feeding that information back yeah. to yeah. to him, and he's feeding it to me, and I'm running the machine, mm -hmm. the tube. So, uh, and the ammunition bearers are putting ammunition to me. Mm -hmm. They're taking it out of the box it's in and and setting it up, and I'm pulling the I set the uh, firing pin on it. Hold my thumb on it, drop it into the tube, and then when it fires out, why it goes to wherever the coordinates has been set. That's one of the most important weapons there is on the ground. It was very important weapon. Yeah. Very important weapon. Yeah. Uh, it didn't make a lot of racket. Boom. Mm -hmm. You know, at the base, and then the shell wasn't making any racket. Like a artillery shed, just yeah, whistling. No whistles. No, yeah. no whistling. So it, it is very effective. Very effective. It is. Uh, me and the commander was set up somewhere at Brest, France. Now that's we on later from Rene. That's uh, that's when we uh, we attached to the Third Army at uh, the. Uh, Captain and I are sitting side by side 
and uh, he is uh, firing a grenade launcher on an O3 rifle that has a yeah. mechanism on the that throws uh, fires blanks, but it uh, fires a uh, mortar. I mean, uh, grenade. Uh, grenade, just like a mortar does. You're, you're you're basically a protective part because when guys get pinned down and can go no further, they have to have those mortars coming yeah. in. And I run out of ammunition at Brest, France. I run out of out of ammunition, and uh, I told the captain, I says, I'm out of ammunition. Can you get me any? And he says, I'll try. And he, he's on the radio uh, trying to get uh, more ammunition brought up. So I get my rifle, which has never been fired since it's been issued to me. I get up on the line, and time I get up there on the front line, he hollers at me to come back. And I never fired a rifle the whole time I was in France. Wow. Interesting. Carried one, but I never fired it. Yeah. He called you back because he got He called me back because the ammunition was back, and I started firing the mortar again. Yeah. <laughs> so that was at Brest, France. It took us about a week to take Brest, France. It was a big battle there. Mm-hmm. But it was under, we were under the uh, third infantry, the third army who was who was over third army at that time Patton. Patton. that's right Patton yeah. was the third army man yeah we was assigned to him and rene france that's where we took on uh replacements and uh got new shoes new leggings whatever we needed and Patton says i want the best dressed soldiers in the world so he believed in being well-dressed. And you had to wear either high-top boots with the uh, uh, breeches legs tucked in, or you had to wear the uh, leggings. Yeah. I chose the leggings because I like the shoes right there. I got a pair of them all. Yeah. That's a spit sign they're looking at. Hey, now wait a minute. Now, when I was in the Airborne Unit, see that? Yeah, yeah. The shoes, the shoes were different right through here. Yeah, yeah. Right, they're pointing at their yeah, feet. Well, you was later. The out there and the, <laughs> listening on the radio. Uh, they're pointing at their feet and looking under the table. Yeah. Tell us how your uh, combat experience ended. Okay, when we got up to Brest, France, we took Brest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had had uh, some battles. Uh, in between there and uh, before we got to Brest. This is on the way to Brest and Patton is hauling us. Patton believed in carrying a man within a mile of the front mm-hmm. wherever his battle is going to be because he wanted him fresh and ready to go. He didn't want him wore out from walking. You were with his tanks so, at that time, right? Huh? Were you with his tanks at that time? No, I wasn't with his tanks. No. Okay. No, we had a tank with us. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. There was a tank uh, division assigned yeah. to us. Right. But, but uh, yeah. <clears throat> but anyhow, when uh, we, we were out there at this particular place, mm-hmm. 
and we'd had this battle, and we were under the white flag. And under the white flag, you don't fight. You, you take care of your wounded and all of that, and they, the opposite team takes uh, battle. The Germans take care of their and putting out fires and all of that that we had set. Yeah. So this this uh, our, our 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 captain had a runner that's assigned to him that he runs from one outfit to another delivering messages. Right. Well, he'd had too many to drink. Uh-oh. And we were at this battle station, and we were under the white flag, and he decides he'll take his rifle, and he'll just go up there and shoot them Germans. They were walking around in plain view. Mm-hmm. And uh, Captain give him, uh, says, call him back or get him back or shoot him. Mm. If you can't get him, come back, shoot him. I'd let him go. And there was one guy that chose to, he throwed his rifle down and went out there and tackled him just like a football player. Oh, mm. good night. And he brought him back. Yeah. Because, they, you know, you don't fire under under the white flag. But anyhow, that that's what, one of the episodes that happened. Uh, so when we got to Brest, France, uh, there was a rifle platoon that was with us, a rifle company, and uh, I've got that old boy's book. You've read it. Yeah. Uh, the book that uh, he wrote, and uh, he got captured there at Brest, France, during that battle, and uh, they had trenches all over that place. This was a, uh, a Marine submarine base where oh, wow. France was. Yeah. For the and, Germans. And it was, we wanted it for our, to get supplies in. Mm-hmm. Well, the time we blew the place up and captured it, it wasn't worth using. So they couldn't use it after mm-hmm. we had captured it. But anyhow, they, after we got Brest, France, uh, I was walking in, uh, at Brest, France, I was walking in one of the, uh, dug in uh, trenches that the Germans had and I stepped on uh, something soft and I turned and looked back and I could see a row of buttons and I lo and behold I had stepped on a German that was buried in uh, that trench Wow! yeah they just buried him right there mm-hmm Real, real uh, experience, you know, that you don't never expect to do. But anyhow, they pulled me off of Brest, France, and sent me to the Crozon. We, the, after we had captured Brest, the people that was getting away from Brest had crossed over that little body of water, where is it? over to the Crozon Peninsula, and uh, there was an air base on that crows on and they were trying to get to that air base so they could get out of there they were all marines mm. german marines they're fierce fighters fierce fighters and, uh, but we uh that's where i got hit was the first day of the invasion on the 15th day of september that ended my battle 
that day uh, right outside the uh, uh, I don't know how close I was to the base, right. but I was in a wooded area before you got to the base. All right, tell us in detail just what happened when you say you got hit. Well, when I got hit, there was, of course, this four-man team on a mortar, and it hit all four of us. Mm. We were laying flat over our back. Were you, were you set up with the mortar? No, it wasn't set up. We were moving up. Moving up. We were moving up, and we were not set up. But we, uh, we, we was under attack by mortar, by, by artillery, the 88. The Germans uh, were accurate with 88, just like a man with a rifle. Mm. They'd shoot at one man if they could with, a, mm. with an 88, just like a rifle. Mm. Uh, so uh, they were firing these 88s at us, and, and there was a tree that was, uh, I guess, five feet from me that I had went under and I was laying flat. Uh, the three boys, the ammunition bearers, were back of that tree on the other side, and uh, the shell that hit me hit all of them. Mm. It got all three of them, so it hit four men, took four men out of action right there. And I, I talked to... Uh, one man that was behind me, immediately behind me. One of the I, three. Uh, huh? One of the three with him. Yeah, one of the three. Uh, and I called him uh, Hawes. Hawes was the first man. And uh, Hellbacker and uh, the others was behind. So uh, Hawes was there, and I, I asked him, I said, Hawes, are you hit? And he said, yeah, my pack's on the fire. I said, well, take it off and throw it away as far away from you as you can. Are you hurt much? And he said, well, not too bad. I said, well, I'm hit too, and I can't do anything. So uh, I said, see if you can gauge the other two boys. And he says, I can't get a word out of them. So it must have killed them or knocked them out. I never did know. To this day, I still didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the end of my battle on the 15th day of September. Well, how did you get out of there? Oh, they didn't take me out. That was early morning, see, when I got hit. And they couldn't get to me till in the night after dark. They come in there with a Jeep, litter, litter-bearing Jeep. So you and pick and- me up. You and your one buddy that survived. Well, whoever, I don't know how many was on there. They would carry, I think they had three litters on a Jeep. Yeah. Two on the side, one on the back. Mm-hmm. I believe is the way they had it rigged. But you and, and your carrier. But I don't know who they had. I know they had me. And, and they took me to an aid station. Well, before they picked you up, you lay there for, what, eight, ten hours? Yeah. Yeah, from early morning till six o'clock in the morning till... Uh, I don't know what time it was at night. All right. Seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Were you talking and in communication with your buddy? I couldn't I couldn't walk. No, I didn't talk to him no more. That is the last conversation I had. Because the the first aid man got to me and I had taken off my leggings. I took my trench knife and cut the strings off my shoes and strings off my leggings and took them off. 
when he got to me, he said, boy, I'm glad you got them shoes and leggings off. Because your foot is, all, your left foot is swelled up to where I couldn't have got it off. Mm. Oh, it was already out of shape, say, so. So he gave me a shot and knocked me out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know nothing until they picked me up that night. Oh, okay. See, he gave me a shot. I don't know what it was, but he gave me a shot, and I was knocked out. So most of the time you were on the ground, you were unconscious. Yeah, yeah I was. Uh, okay. Well, and, I, and I didn't know I was hitting the ribs. I was hitting the ribs. I knew I was hitting the, in the legs and in the foot, but I didn't know I was hitting the ribs. But I was shot. I was hitting 30 different places. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. When you came to, where were you, on the litter? Yeah, I was uh, being being put on the on the litter to be transported out of there. All right, where'd you transport to? Well, they put me in and took me to an aid station. And they took my pants and off of me. And uh, they didn't know I was hit then in the ribs. But they took my pants off, and uh, so I lost everything that was in my pants. Uh, I was lucky enough that uh, this money I showed you before the show was was in a uh, money belt mm. under my shirt that they didn't know was there. And I had a $2 bill and that French money. That's all I had. That French money and $2 bill. Which became which became souvenirs. Yeah, which is now a souvenir, yeah. I, I spent the $2 bill in, Fran- in uh, England. All right. Were you in the quickly shipped out of France? Or? No, I went through uh, three or four more aid stations hmm. before I ever got to the main hospital. And they give me transfusions at every aid station. So when I got to the hospital, uh, which was a tent hospital, somewhere close to uh, an airport, airbase, uh, it would have been, I'd say, fairly close to, uh, uh, well, where would where would there be uh, an air base that would be here in France? Look at your map. Uh, would it be close to Paris? It looks like that's where it's See, the is. closest I got to Paris was Rene. Cherbourg is uh, where we had a, a reconnaissance, but uh, I didn't get the reconnaissance there. All right. But but that, that air base had to be close to uh, Paris, I'd say. A tent hospital they had set up. All right. They took so you. So they put me on a plane after they had uh, dressed my wounds, and and uh, that's when they, uh, I had uh, a shirt on that they'd never taken off. And uh, can I interrupt you a little bit? Yeah. A, a lady named Alma. And she loved today's show, and it brought back memories of her dad and papa telling stories of, of their service. Also, tell Rockville High School's oldest alumni, we are proud of him, and, and that's from Pettis Reed. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I, we are all proud of you. 
Well, it's good to be here. Yeah. Good Lord's been taking good care of me. I don't know why he saved me. He sent an angel but to be he, on your yeah. back. On but your he shoulder. definitely took care of me. Yeah. All right, they, flew, okay. they flew you to England. Yeah, they flew me to England. How long were you there? And I stayed in England then from September until December. December, they put me on a uh, either the Queen Elizabeth or Queen Mary or whichever one had been converted to a hospital. Do you know? No, no. That's Queen Mary, I think. Queen Mary, okay. Yeah, I may be wrong. Queen Mary would have been the one, and I was uh, was converted to a hospital ship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, brought me to, uh, I was on board ship in Christmas of 44. 1944, I was on board ship, headed for the United States. I got to uh, Long Island. They unloaded me. I was a litter patient. Mm. And I uh, uh, went into uh, some receiving hospital there or something. They didn't do anything to you. Uh, all they done is put a dog tag on you, which, which was, a, if you remember... What a, a sack of taters or a sack of corn had a tag on it to tell you what was in that bag. Mm -hmm. That's the type of bag uh, tag they put on your shirt. And it had a code on it as to where you was going. And uh, we asked where we was going when we was put on the train. And they wouldn't tell us. We got to chat uh, to... Uh, uh, from we're going from New York now mm -hmm. to uh, Chicago, going west. And they told me that uh, you probably will be going, probably, be going to a hospital the closest to your home. <laughs> well, that would be Chattanooga or Memphis, yeah, or Nashville. One there was there was no hospital, uh, Army hospital that I knew of in Nashville, but I think there was one in Memphis and one in Chattanooga. Where'd you end up? Well, we got to uh, Chicago, and there was some ambulatory patients on there. Ambulatory is walking. Yeah. And uh, the train was still headed west, pointed west, and it was fixing to take off. And they all jumped train, mm. the ambulatory patients, because they all lived south of Chicago. This whole train load was people living south of <laughs> Chicago, I guess. So they still wouldn't tell them. So they jumped the train, and they dropped the train, and the MPs loved them, run them uh, rounded them up, rounded them up, put them back on the train, Bless their and heart. they told the MPs, says, when it starts to move again, we'll jump a train again if you don't tell us where it's going. So they finally decided that they would tell us where they were going. So they come through the train and announced that this train is going to Walla Walla, Washington. As far away <laughs> as possible. Well, you, so they stayed on there. You know, we're, we're going to have to leave the air. Yeah, Walla Walla, Washington was a, was a uh, nerve hospital. He ain't going to leave there. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, that's fine. Let's wind up. Uh, you need to come back. You did lose. Okay. You did lose your left foot. Yeah.
left leg. Left yeah. leg. And you've been walking and fooling all of us for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah. And you did go back I to was. high school and got your degree yeah. in 1947. That's right. That's right. And we're going to have you back on soon. But yeah. everybody, let's remember the greatest generation. Went to college. Yes. Went uh, went to uh, to uh, uh, well down down Nashville. I rode the bus down there and went to uh, to uh, what's the name of that? Uh, All right, we're going to bring you back on. Anyhow. Uh, but uh, let's remember on Wednesday the anniversary, the 75th yeah. anniversary, the end of that yeah. war. Good to be here. And the Lord's been good to me. And we're glad we've still got some people who can tell yeah. us about it. I love to be around <laughs> Frank Hayes. Thank you, Frank. I can yeah. sit here and not good ever say another word. Just listen. Good to be here. All, All right. right, guys. We'll see you in the morning at 9. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5-101.9, AM 14:50, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. This portion of the show brought to you by Mapco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lays or Cheetos? What about regular M&Ms for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today.